Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Rebecca Roland. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today uh, talking about your new book, The Art of Talking with Children. Very important topic. Uh, a lot of my friends who have kids, especially teenagers, how do I really connect with my my child and, and have chats with them or really you know connect with them so we're on the same page and you're going to help our parents be able to do that um but before we go there i'd love for you to share a little bit about your backstory in education how you came to the whole world of education and writing this book sure yeah so i'm i play a few roles i am the mom of two kids myself uh, <laughs> i have a five-year-old and a ten-year-old and I'm also a speech language pathologist. So I've worked with adults with communication difficulties and children who have trouble speaking or listening or reading and writing. And I was just struck by how much um, children's conversation plays a role in their relationships and their lives, whether or not they're struggling to speak or even if they're you know, good at speaking, um, how much communication actually develops their friendships and their relationships and how much we can do to help. Interesting. You know what I'm thinking? I'm guessing a lot of parents are on a different language wavelength than their kids. Because I remember as a kid, we in the 80s, mid 80s, I would say, I'm mad hungry or something like that. My mom's like, that's not how you use that word. Yes, exactly. And I get a she, lot of that. Yes. She, she would get really angry at me, like, use the proper words. I'm like, that's how we say it. that's that's really when something's good, it's really bad. And right, so right, it, would drive, right. it would drive my mom crazy. But we were on different wavelengths of how we communicated, like with my peers and how she communicated. And that kind of what you help parents get on the groove with, like understanding what wavelength their kids are as far as their communication or language? Definitely. Yes. I think that's a big part of it. And a lot of it has to do with this reflective listening. So actually taking the time to sit back 
not always jumping in and actually just hearing how does my child express this or how are they communicating it and kind of letting go feeling like well maybe they do say it a different way than i do Mm -hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's bad it's just it's going to be you know language is always changing yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, when I was a kid and I would say I'm mad, tired or hungry, I don't use that terminology now as a slang terminology. And our, I think the American culture probably has more slang than maybe other cultures, because I remember as a teenager visiting my cousins in Germany and they're like, we learned English, but we don't know your English because <laughs> there was so much slang that we use that we didn't even realize it until we started communicating with people whose first language wasn't English, how much slang we were using in our culture. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes when we learn a language, we learn sort of the proper quote unquote way. And yeah, we don't always get the popular culture way. So that's great. Yeah. Now, what is some of your tips for parents wanting to connect better with their kids? Where, where should they even start? Yeah, so I talk a lot um, in my book about what I call the ABCs of these kind of conversations. So um, I think that can be a helpful place to start. And A is just adaptive, meaning to really just go with the flow of where your child is in the moment. So if they're a kid, for example, that likes to talk more after they play the game of basketball with you, or, you know, maybe after you go to the gym together, or you are doing dishes and they're sitting and chatting with you, you know, really paying attention to when does my child most open up already and really emphasizing a little bit more of that or that kind of thing. Um, also things like their temperament and their mood, you know, are they more a morning person? Are they a night person? Is it changing? Um, and can you kind of respond to that? Um, so that's the first part and B is just a back and forth. So rather than talking a lot at your kid, just paying attention, you know, how much is your kid talking back? Is there a chance to ask more questions? So they have Mm -hmm. sort of more of a chance or to pause more. And then Mm -hmm. C is just child driven. So meaning, can you start with what's on your child's mind, whether it's what they're worried about, what they're scared about, what they're excited about. So often kids just, we don't always make the time to Mm -hmm. sit and just hear what it is they're interested in right now. Yeah, you know, that's a really important part is I'm getting from you a lot of the listening element. Um, And I know parents are super busy. My mom was busy. Uh, Most of the time she was a single parent uh, when my parents got divorced. So it was like not tons of time for sitting down and just listening. But you make some good points that, you know, paying attention when is your your child more receptive to communicating with you. Uh, like me, I'm not a morning person. So trying to get me into a conversation and ask me a bunch of questions in the morning, I'm like, what? Right. Right. <laughs> I haven't had my first cup of yeah. whatever <laughs> I had as a kid um, to really start asking or, or answering deep questions. Um, and that's a good point. And when I would go through that time of month, which I, I started going through at about 13, I was really like, leave me the heck alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. Sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think to be in sync with your child and say like, okay, I get it. I get that you need some downtime. And even to say that out loud, you know, it looks like you need some downtime. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids really appreciate that to hear that you're kind of trying to meet their needs in that way. Yeah. And understand where they're coming from. Because I think so much of when I'm growing up, it's like, well, it's all about I'm helping to care for you, which is understandable. You, you are the pre- parents and you are still the guardians, but understanding that, you know, I still have needs and things might be difficult, especially when you go through that change as, you know, from childhood into teenagehood, there's a lot of uncomfortability going on. Uh, you know, well, for me getting my period and just all the other stuff that comes around with going through that change, there's a lot of uncomfortableness. It's not just laziness. Sometimes my parents would say like, come on, just don't be lazy. Get up and do some chores or whatever. 
Yeah, and I do think just to, to think about that and kind of the talk that we have around our kids and the talk even we have for ourselves. I think mm -hmm. it always starts with self-compassion too. It's like, are you saying to yourself as a parent, you know, oh, I'm so lazy, I should get out of bed, you know, when you're just really tired, you know? Um, so I think sometimes actually noticing that, how you talk to yourself and saying, yeah. well, maybe I could be more compassionate with myself and even, yeah, extend that to my child. Like, are they really lazy? Is it something just that they need more sleep and they mm -hmm. haven't been sleeping enough, there's like so much research on how much, especially teenagers need to sleep and how a lot of schools actually are not, you know, are starting so early that kids are chronically sleep deprived. So um, yeah, a lot of what comes across as maybe laziness may just be they're exhausted, you know, and, and noticing that can be really helpful. You know, what's so interesting, Rebecca, is that I think, well, I think I heard that the American culture is sleep deprived, period, whether young or old or middle yeah. aged or whatever. And I remember as a kid doing homework till about 11 or midnight, you know, going off to bed, getting up at 630. So pretty much my now schedule. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. But what's interesting is like I was talking to my husband the other day. He said I would get home from high school and he, he had um, in the final year of high school um senior year he was able to do less credits because he had gotten things done and get home by one instead of like three or something but the bottom line is he said i was so exhausted after those hours i would go straight to taking a two-hour nap wow. and we're thinking wow what you? but you know you don't think about it when you're growing and i think the most growth that happens is around that time period from like maybe 12 to 18 you're you're exploding in growth and your body's going through all these physical changes and growth changes developmental changes that I think the body probably needs more recovery time than even an adult. Definitely. Yes. And they're even showing too, there's a lot of research showing that if they don't get that much, it, does, it affects not only, you know, academics and school mm -hmm. performance, but even just your mood. So kids, a lot of times when they're, they're already maybe having a lot of mood, <laughs> you know, changes and hormonal changes and things like that. But even on top of that, it really does make kids more depressed or moody or anxious to be really tired. So yeah, I think that's kind of just the base is like, can you help notice and with them mm -hmm. notice like, well, it looks like, you know, you do look really tired or you do have your head on the table or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Sort of observe, not in a critical way, but almost just like, what can we do to help you? Exactly. I mean, I recall homework for me in high school is being very time consuming. Also, I did have extracurricular activities. I was in the um, orchestra and a couple other things that, you know, you want to be able to participate in those things. But I actually think I did more work as a teenager in high school than I'm doing as an adult. Yeah. You know, you know, we, you know, a lot of the kids will like enter the swim meet or do, sure. you know, whatever, whatever. And then you end up having a pretty hectic schedule and, you know, it's a lot in your plate. Now, you mentioned self-love for the parents. I think that's really important because I think, you know, if parents are overly tired and whatever, and then you just take it out on your kid, you're not realizing that maybe it starts with being um, more caring to myself. And what can we do to streamline life so that we're not all working as much? Right, right, definitely. And I think too, to realize sometimes it's that plus guilt, like we think, oh, we have to be there for our kids all the time. And if we're not, like, what does that mean as a parent? Mm -hmm. Or if you're not? And so I think, um, yeah, to recognize that, you need downtime, your kids need downtime, and that's mm -hmm. actually okay, especially as kids yeah. get older. Um, yeah. and sort of carve that out and talk about it, you know, to say like, well, what would some restorative downtime look like for you as a kid? Or what about for me? Um, kids often need to learn how to take mm -hmm. care of themselves, um, you know, and sort of show that self-care. And doing that will help them, you know, when they grow up off to college, or they need to do that, 
on their own um, rather than just working you know night after night and not not realizing that so i think it is like a cycle that can start with the parents you're right because you'll you'll emulate what you see your parents do and then you'll go off to college and you'll be working around the clock and and all that stuff and totally right. kill yourself. Now, I'm, I'm getting something else earlier on when you say connecting with your kids and finding a time that works for everyone. Um, I didn't do this at home because we had a broken home, but I had a family friend who's used to invite me over to their family Sunday meal. And I remember how cool it was for to sit down with the two main adults, uh, you know, husband, wife, and we all, they would just listen to us and we'd all just banter around the table. And you know, that dinner thing that used to happen at more families dinner table that happened less and less, it would be so cool to kind of bring that maybe one day a week, you know, this is family night dinner or something like, oh, like blue bloods, like they do in that blue bloods program where they all get together to yeah. have that kind of, um, because then everyone just bantering and discussing what's going on in their lives. And it's just really a cool time together. Definitely. Yes. And I definitely think that if it works, so if your family does have a time where dinner time works like that, I think that can be a really great time because people are, you know, there's a lot to talk about from the day and there's kind of a more relaxed, you know, time when everyone's eating and, um, and relaxing. So I think that's, that's wonderful. I also want to make sure that I, cause I know obviously some parents, you know, there's not two parents at home or parents work too late, so it doesn't make sense. So to kind of be flexible and see like, when is your time that could work for mm -hmm. you. So maybe it's dinner, or maybe it's breakfast, you know, maybe it's like Sunday brunch or something like that, or whatever works to kind of be flexible around the time and think like, well, maybe there's some time during the week or the weekend where at least once a week, yeah, you can have that kind of relaxed bantering because I think that is so important. Or like what's really cool is maybe board game night or something. Oh which, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I used to love those. Yeah. 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 I think the, especially um, because of the pandemic, it seems like a lot of families are going back to those really old style games and I think it is mm -hmm. it's great because it's sort of screen free it's really interactive and helps yeah. build those relationships yeah I love it and there was this company that came out briefly and I wish they hadn't gone out of business but they had an idea where they put together a party box every month of a different board game like a teeny version a miniature version of that sure. board game and they'd ship it off with say um chopsticks and some other cute things where you could order sushi and do that or you know whatever it might be or maybe candies and da 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 so you'd open the party box and then everyone could do a family night or game night with your friends and i thought wow what a cool idea and it was like inexpensive like 30 dollars subscription um but i think that would have totally jammed during the whole pandemic thing and even now because you you get a new game to try out every month exactly that's wonderful yeah and i think yeah. even if there could be something even if that company doesn't exist if you can kind of self-create that you know even just to look on amazon or something and say like oh what what for this month what's yeah. kind of an expensive board game we could get and you know just have a night or that we start playing that game because i do think kids love to start yeah. those game rituals yeah, I, I think you got me started here. I think I'm going to go look this weekend. <laughs> but, you know, this has been fascinating. I know that the parents can learn a lot more from your book, but where can they get a copy of The Art of Talking with Children? Yeah, so they more can, yeah, they can go on my website. So it's just RebeccaRoland.com with um, two L's in Roland and two C's in Rebecca. Um, or else it's also available on Amazon and through HarperCollins. Awesome. Awesome. And there is a lower third for anyone who is watching today. So you can go there. And um, again, I'll just spell Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-O-L-L-A-N-D.com. Uh, on one of the pages on top, I see you can also go to check out your book on your website as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
Awesome. Well, it's been fabulous getting connect, getting to connect with you today, Rebecca. I know you've given lots of food of food for thought to parents <laughs> and to kids probably listening in where we can all better connect together. And I really thank you for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Take care. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.